Welcome back to Economics with Dr. A. This is your host, Dr. Abdullah Al-Bahrani. Today, we are talking about what is happening around the world, specifically Nigeria and Argentina. If you have not heard, Nigeria and Argentina both are facing really high inflation rates. And today, we are going to talk to Fawaz and Michael, who are both students from Nigeria, about the implications of inflation in Nigeria and how it is impacting their personal life. Underlying this conversation is the fact that behind the economic data, there's always a story of the people. So today, we hear the story of Fawaz and Michael. Stay tuned. I'm going to have them introduce themselves. So let's start with Michael. Hi, my name is Michael Buwaji. I'm a sophomore studying engineering physics and mechatronics engineering technology here at NKU. And I'm your 2024 sophomore junior homecoming king. Okay. If you didn't know. <laughs> and one fun fact about myself is that uh, my left foot is longer than my right foot. Well, thank you for sharing that personal story with us. Yeah, anytime. I appreciate cool, cool. it. All right, next up is Fred. Fred. Yeah, uh, my name is Fred Small. I'm a sophomore here at NKU, currently working as a Hale Fellow underneath Dr. A. And one fun fact about who I am is I am South African. Uh, you may not hear it in my accent, but both my parents are from there. I was born in America, but I think that's a, a fun fact about myself. So. That is a fun fact. And thanks for being here today, Fred. Uh, Fawaz, what's your fun fact? My name is Fawaz Abdelazizi. Um, I'm, I'm currently a research assistant at Northern Kentucky University. And one fun fact is the... I've written two research papers, and I've presented at Kentucky Economic Association, and right now I'm currently going to Boston on March 1st to present my second paper, which talks about simulation rates of immigration immigrants in the United States of America. And I had the privilege of listening to your presentation today, and yeah. you're doing such a great job. And I know you're going to practice it a couple, maybe two, three, four, five, ten times yeah, we don't even know. March 1st, but I have the opportunity to travel to Boston with you. So um, thank you for giving me the opportunity to be your faculty chaperone on this trip. Yeah, thank you. All right. So the objective of today's conversation was initially to talk about the, the personal impacts of the macro economy on people. And specifically, I wanted to talk to students to hear how they perceive how the economy impacts them. And uh, Fawaz and I are actually working on a, uh, an article on the inflation rate that is hitting Nigeria right now. It's too much. It's too much. So uh, thank you. Thank you, Fawaz, for telling us that's too much. And But I want to get into the details of it, okay? So a lot of times we talk about the overall numbers, like I'm looking at the most recent data over here, and the Nigerian economy is experiencing a 28.9% increase in, and the the CPI hit an all-time high of 643 in Nigeria. And it, if you, I'm looking at the graph right now, it's a steep incline. Yeah. So when you look at the data, it's easy to say 28.9%, but what does that mean on a personal level? So from your experience, both Michael and Fawaz are from Nigeria. How have you personally been impacted by the inflation rate? 
Welcome to Econ with Dr. A, where we break down economics and business topics to empower your life. I'm Dr. A, your guide on this journey, bringing you almost two decades of expertise in teaching, research, and student mentoring. Join me in explaining the insights that matter, helping you make informed decisions for a better personal and financial future. Ready to dive in? Let's get started. Before I answer that question, may I ask from what time that 28% was increased? From? That That's a really great question. That is the past year, just the past year. Okay, because to buttress that, I know when I came to the United States, a mm-hmm. dollar was about like 400 naira, yeah, 460, but now it's like 1,612 or something like that. Yeah. Okay, so... You are experiencing, and and for our American listeners, we don't talk a lot about exchange rates here because most Americans stay within the United States, but as international students, you follow exchange rates closely. So what you have seen is the Naira has depreciated in the past. How long have you been here, Michael? Actually, the amount started to change last year when the president, when the current president was elected. Yeah. And it's changed like started changing about four months after he got into position. That's like about last year, June, okay. July, about that time. Mm-hmm. And right now it started changing, started increasing like from 400 to 600 to 800 to like 1,000, 1,200. Yeah. Now it's 1,600 in less than a year of him being, yeah, it's just, just about a year yeah, of him being in position. Yeah. Wow. So you've seen the, the Naira depreciate over this time. How has that impacted you? I think I'm going to go with this. Okay. Because like being an international student from Nigeria and inflation rates is also tied with, we could say the, um, the value of money has declined like drastically. And looking at exchange rates, it's as Michael said, it's 1,600 right now. And paying you like your tuition, like parents paying their tuition for, for their um, their kids in in um, in the United States or anywhere in the, in around the world, I think it's kind of it's kind of like a I won't say like a financial burden because yeah. if you're paying three thousand, maybe that that was um like one million naira before. Right now you're paying three thousand, which is close to like four million right naira. So that increased yeah. drastically. So they have to like cut cut other things when they are planning to pay um, tuition fee for their kids. Yeah. So, so the fact that you're here, our inflation, our tuition rates here at NKU are uh, expected to go up about, I think, two percent or something like that over the next year. Yeah. That's for American students, but for you all, with the exchange rate implications, you've pretty much seen tuition rates go up fifty percent from your perspective, right? Yeah. Yeah. Right. That's, I that's a lot. Say, I would say it's well over a hundred percent. Okay. Because we used to pay. Like ten thousand dollars at that time was like four four million naira, mm-hmm. but now ten thousand dollars is like almost fifteen million naira. Wow! So that's yeah. like four times the amount that yeah. we used to pay. And then also our parents back home, they're also experiencing inflation over there. Mm-hmm. So like fending, like living expenses are going is going up, and yeah. then they have to worry about people that are this children that are here too mm-hmm. and then they have to pay four times the amount that they pay and they're not even getting paid more yeah because the country is going through a great recession too and just just so the minimum wage in nigeria mm-hmm. is thirty thousand naira, and thirty thousand naira, it's it's that's twenty dollars 
Okay. So $20 an hour? Per month? No, per month. Okay. So <laughs> it's and like since since like Ju- July when um the new pres- president got mm-hmm. elected, they haven't like increased the minimum wage. Yeah. So it's it's so, absurd. So thank you for sharing the personal story because we we often say that economics is a personal um a study of personal behaviors and how you react to the economy. Uh, so you are being impacted negatively, greatly. Yeah. How is it on the ground in Nigeria right now? So the president comes in and you said, what, four minutes later, the market starts to react. What is it about the president? And, you know, I don't want to get into too much of the politics, but from your perspective, what do you think it, it is? Um, I think it's so it's the government's reforms. Mm-hmm. So when it came in, like there was a subsidy that decreases the um, exchange rates for Nigeria, which um, which um, it was fo- like 419. Mm-hmm. So the subsidy decreases to 419, but it's government reforms to like change things, change the um the economy. Yeah. Um. It, 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 um. Like if like this um subsidy, he said there shouldn't be subsidy anymore. So that like increases the the amount we're paying, so it increases to like 600 naira or yeah. something. And since then, we've been seeing a lot of increases and, and also like transportation, energy prices has really gone up yeah. so high. So, so so is the argument that the president is making, and, and I'm just, I'm not on the grounds there. I actually have not been looking at much of the articles other than the conversations and the articles that Fawaz and I sent to each other. It sounds like the president is trying to reduce a budget deficit. There might have been a little bit too much spending, and he's yeah. trying to yeah. Cut it's that. I think it's the government's debts, mm-hmm. so trying to like cut the government debts. So he had to like um like make a lot of government reforms, which um like um removing the subsidies, and also like I think that I think that's the only thing I know right now. Okay. Removing the government subsidies increases the exchange rates. Michael, and you're to right. add yeah to add more information to that I. See, I feel like what people, what I hear people say about his tenure is like he's trying to find a middle ground between the black market and then the actual banks. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like he wants the customers, like we, to be able to access dollar or like any foreign exchange, yeah, like one on one without having to go through a lot of processes that are currently in place. Mm-hmm. So that's what he's trying to break down. And of course, it's gonna get tough, but we did not expect this amount of inflation to happen. And also, I heard that he's trying to reduce the amount of imports that Nigeria does. Because back in the day, we used to be heavily based in agriculture and oil. But now, he noticed that nowadays, we most of our goods are imported despite the fact that we have a lot of land, a lot of farms, and all of that resources available, but we don't use them. People that use them, use them privately and then export them privately. And then he's trying to make that a national source of national revenue. Yeah, that's what I hear. So, you know, in in my classes and in economics, there's a trade-off between long-term objectives and short-term objectives. And and this is a great example of that. You want to balance the budget, but it's going to come at some short-term pain. Pain. And this is not a conversation that the U.S. and Fred sitting over here, like we're talking about international markets. When are we going to talk about the U.S.? It's the same thing in the U.S., right? The United States has a you know the debt is increasing and eventually somebody's going to have to make some a dent in how we spend our government spending over here and it's going to 
impact us in the short run because we're going to have to make some sacrifices on what we support and what we don't support in the United States. Uh, Fred, curious question. Did you have any idea that your colleagues were facing these financial economic uh, implications? I had some idea from what Fawaz had mentioned uh, during our work days and work hours, but I didn't realize how drastic the economic impact was. So this definitely opened my eyes. Yeah. So, and, and that's the beauty of having such, uh, you know, a group of individuals that are interested in experiencing and explaining the, econ the economics that they see. We all learn from each other. And um, I appreciate Michael and Fawaz shedding a light on the economy and the implications of that economy on their everyday lives. What is it that you want me to know? Okay, so I have a question for you. Yes. So as the econ economics right here, mm -hmm. like, what do you say in this? Like, what do you think the measure should be to decrease the exchange rates and also like cost of living? Yeah, so it, it sounds like there were a lot of services provided to Nigerians and a lot of support being provided. And this is a, a common issue because we have it in Oman as well, right? Where the government, especially when oil producing economies yeah. and, and the government owns the oil, they are supposed to share the wealth. The the problem that ends up happening is the people forget that this is not necessarily a right, but it's a privilege that comes with a good fiscal responsibility. Once the fiscal responsibility, whether it's oil prices fall or what we experienced in Oman is we saw a huge population growth. So now you're taking the same revenue and splitting it on more people eventually you're going to have to cut subsidies. Yes. And once you start to cut subsidies, and if you do it drastically the way it was done in this situation, it creates market disequilibriums because the market can't react fast enough to fix the situation. And a lot of people avoid doing that because it causes political unrest. And a lot of politicians are scared of that because they want to remain in, in power. So I give the president's the president, you know, kudos for actually making the tough decisions. But we also need to realize that there are implications to the people and we need to make sure that markets react quickly enough to fill that gap. And if markets don't react quickly, we're gonna have shortages and shortages in the market are are um observed as increases in price, drastic increases in prices. So that's what you're seeing. Now, I bet the World Bank loves what's happening in Nigeria because this is the World Bank's like motto, right? Fiscal yeah. responsibility, balanced budgets. Where were you at, Seifa was? Because um, I looked at also Argentina mm -hmm. and the, um, elected, the newly elected president also like added a government's reform. Uh, which had to do with um the exchange because the exchange rates in in Argentina also like it's increased drastically because they are I think they have one of the most one of the 
highest um, inf inflation rates in, in the world. Yeah, what what is it? Let me look it up. I was looking at yeah. it earlier today. 250.6% inflation rate in December 2023. That's, yes. That's and, crazy. And that was, I think that was close to when he got elected. And yeah. the government's reforms, I think the IMF, like, they supports that idea. Yeah. So it's like the advantages to, to it and also like the disadvantages, like, does the disadvantage, does it outweigh the advantages of those? Yeah, and, you know, gradual might be the right path forward. The problem is sometimes you don't have the ability to make gradual changes. And both in Argentina and Nigeria, it seems like the responses have been ag aggressive and the people are left to figure out how to respond to it. And... That's exactly why we have this channel and this conversation. If you're just looking at the data, you're like, oh, 28% inflation, whoop-de-whoop, -whoop, that's just a number. Yeah. But that 28% has personal implications for individuals and lifestyles. And, you know, this is going to be a story that we're going to watch. And if you're teaching macroeconomics or if you're doing anything in macroeconomics, right now Argentina and Nigeria are your case studies for your classroom. I remember five, ten years ago, Zimbabwe was the case yes, study. Zimbabwe, right? Um, so, so we'll see what happens. But you know, in in the meantime, my question as your professor and and mentor is, how do I support you all through this transition, right? Because it it's going to impact your lives greatly. Yeah, Michael, you're thinking really hard over there. What are your thoughts? <laughs> Right now, the only thing coursing through my mind is like as a non-economics major mm -hmm. or as a non-economics, you know, focused person, how do you explain this? Like, how do you explain this to a young child growing up in Nigeria right now? Yeah. What is going on and what they are to expect? Or how do you explain this to like my mom, for example, somebody's parent whose child is here, whose only male child is here, like, you know, going through all of this and then there's nothing that they can do. Yeah. to support this person like how do you help them not to feel like the world is crumbling on their shoulders that's the only thing going through my mind that is tough and i will compare it to a conversation that i'm having right now here in the united states um i think you've seen a couple of videos of mine that i've posted where people are complaining and saying that the u.s economy is horrible especially for young folks and the comparisons that they're making, some of it is not sound economic comparisons. And some of them, th there's some valid arguments there. This, this does not solve the problem for the current people going through this uh, phase of financial and economic turmoil. But this is why we need economic education at all age groups. Because if you are in... Nigeria, for instance, right now, you don't know the economics of it. The world looks like it's crumbling and you don't know how you're going to survive. You don't see a path out of this. And also, I don't know how much communication is being done from the central bank and to, to the people. So you're looking around and you're just seeing the world, you know, turn up in flames. And that's the concern, right? That's the fear because what keeps the economy going? Hope. Hope is what keeps the economy going. And once you lose hope, it's really hard to get the economy rolling again.
Regarding the communication aspect, so our president was on TV like a couple of days ago, and then he was asked the same question, like, what do you have to tell your people about what is going on? What do you expect them to feel? And then he was like, I'm going to call him to this. He said, money, the prices of stuff is going to go up, and there is nothing we can do about it. All we have to do is wait and see the plan that God has for this nation. What hope do you expect people it's to get from that? Well, it depends on how religious people are, I guess. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, we Nigerians are religious, but yeah. it's not to die. Yeah. It's sad. It, We're it, fed it, up. It's, uh, it's giving an environment of, I don't know what's going to happen, and it does not build uh, trust in the process. Exactly. Yeah. So, I appreciate you all sharing. I am sorry for this experience. Um, I, d- I don't know what else to say other than saying, I feel you. Yes. We appreciate we, you. We appreciate you. Yeah. Thank you. Fred, do you have any questions? Uh, no questions, but I really can't relate to what you guys are going through at all. I've grown up in America. I've got a home to go to. I'm allowed to work outside of NKU University. Um, and the, these financial struggles are something I'll probably never be able to understand because I won't be an international student, most likely. Make sure to check the newsletter that is a part of this podcast. We give a little bit more detail and share the graphs about the Nigerian and Argentinian economies. Fawaz and I are going to continue to keep an eye on the data. Um, but as I said, the data is powerful, but we always need to know the personal stories behind the data. It makes us better economists, better policymakers as well, to know that there are people on the other side of these numbers. I appreciate you all listening in and being part of our Econ with Dr. A community. Fawaz, Michael, Fred, you all rock, and I am so glad that you all were part of today's conversation. Do you have any last parting words? It's a wrap. (laughs) Did I get it? That's a wrap. (laughs) That's a wrap. That's a wrap. Thank you for having us, Dr. A. Uh, My pleasure. See you all next week on Econ with Dr. A.